0: Everyone poops. Yes, you heard that right. Everyone poops. There's a great children's book by the same name, Everyone Poops. We don't like to talk about pooping. At least I don't. It's embarrassing. But here's the thing. We all do it. In fact, we have to do it. Poop is toxic. And if we don't get it out of our bodies, it will literally kill us. My wife is an ER nurse and she has stories. I will spare you the details. But even though we do it, there's something uncomfortable about it. You may feel uncomfortable listening to this. Believe me, I feel uncomfortable with how many times I've said poop already. Pooping is kind of taboo. Have you ever been a guest at someone's house and thought, I have to go, but I'm going to hold it. Because what if I'm in the bathroom for an embarrassing amount of time, or it really smells, or I stop up the toilet, or there's no fan to aerate the smell or drown out the sound? We may not like to acknowledge our poop, but boy, do we feel better after we go. Hi, this is Justin Hibbert. And yes, if you're looking for the Why Catholic Podcast, you've come to the right place. I promise you this illustration about bodily functions will make sense to you in a few minutes. We've been talking about the sacrament of reconciliation, or also known as confession, and I like to think about it like going number two. You see, all of us sin. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. And sometimes we want to bottle it up and pretend it's not there. But here's the thing. Sin is toxic to our bodies and to our souls. Have you ever done something wrong and found yourself unable to sleep? That's what sin does to us. It literally destroys us from the inside out. We need a way of getting rid of it, of flushing it out of our system. In the last episode, I talked about the Jewish roots of reconciliation. and I mentioned how God gave the Jewish people a communal way of getting rid of their sin through animal sacrifices. When that animal was put to death, it was the Jewish people's way of knowing that their sin had been dealt with and they could move on with a clear conscience. But man, what a messy and costly way of dealing with sin. Sin is messy and toxic. And so as the church evolved over time, it said, hey, we know everyone sins. Thus, everyone needs to confess that sin to God. 1 John 1.9 states, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. We know that sin is embarrassing, but James 5.16 instructs us to confess our sins to one another and pray for one another so that we may be healed. We also know that we don't really do well confronting our own shortcomings. How can we facilitate this process to help people become reconciled with God and know that their sins are forgiven? And so over time, they decided that the confessional would be the most prudent, efficient, and beneficial way to help people be reconciled to God. If I may, I want you to think about the confessional like a bathroom. I've been to some countries where public bathrooms are hard to come by or Don't really exist. If you want to use a store's bathroom, you have to buy something. In some countries, the communal bathroom is the ditch by the train tracks. When it comes to plumbing, I'm personally thankful to live in the United States where we have ample public bathrooms and robust plumbing. I once visited friends in rural Morocco and the toilet was a hole in the floor. I'll let you imagine the logistics. Or I rented a house in Guatemala where the plumbing couldn't handle the toilet paper and so we had to put the toilet paper in a trash can next to the toilet. Yeah, not great. I'm thankful that when I need to go, I can, and everything gets flushed down through the sewer and far away from my memory. I don't have to deal with it again. This is what the confessional is, a place to flush out the toxic sin that separates us from God, that destroys the image of God in us, and that eats at our soul, that keeps us ashamed and weighed down, and that tears apart the body of Christ. As a Protestant, I never quite understood Catholic confession. I said, why go to a priest to confess your sins when you can go right to God? I'll address that question in the next episode, but as I prepared to enter the Catholic Church, since I was already baptized, I knew that I would need to make a confession prior to my confirmation and my First Communion. Leading up to my first confession, I was so nervous. I had 40 years of sins to confess. In fact, I had some hidden sins that I had never told anyone about. I was terrified. Leading up to that afternoon when I went to confession, I spent many hours thinking about all the sins I could remember, even sins I committed when I was a little child. I went through the Ten Commandments. When did I put other things ahead of God? When did I dishonor my parents? When did I steal or lie? When it came time for confession, I nervously entered into the confessional. Like in most confessionals, I had two options. I could kneel behind a veil or I could sit in a chair and face the priest. I decided if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And I sat and faced the priest. In my sweaty hands, I nervously crinkled the paper that told me how to go through the Sacrament of Reconciliation. I had it just in case I got so nervous I forgot what to do next. Bless me, Father, for I've sinned, I said. This is my first confession. These are my sins. And then I just unloaded. The priest closed his eyes as he listened to my litany of sins. I shared the specific sins I could remember, but I also shared them in a general sense. I took the Lord's name in vain, I said. I didn't know how many times or when exactly it occurred, but I did it, and so I confessed it. With 40 years of sins to confess, I'm certain I unintentionally forgot some. But after working through the Ten Commandments and all the sins I could remember, I said, For these sins, and any others, I am truly sorry. I thought I was going to puke. I had never gone to confession before, so I figured, all right, now comes the beatdown, now comes the part where I get shamed for being such a terrible human being. It was just the opposite. When I had finished confessing, the priest opened his kind eyes, looked at me, and said something to the effect of, "'God loves you. You are his child. Don't let Satan fool you into his empty promises.'" Then he said, for your penance, and my thought was, here we go, it's probably going to be something huge like give a million dollars to charity or say 10,000 Hail Marys. Nope, it was to pray the Lord's Prayer three times. I then prayed the act of contrition, which is the prayer where I tell God I'm sorry for my sins and ask for his forgiveness. It felt weird because I'm not sure I'd ever done that with someone before. It was always on my own. It felt like a friend was there helping me talk to God. You know, like when you did something wrong and you need to tell your parents and your friend said, Hey, do you want me to come with you? The priest then closed his eyes and raised his hand towards me saying, God, the father of mercies through the death and resurrection of his son has reconciled the world to himself and sent the Holy Spirit among us for the forgiveness of sin. Through the ministry of the church, may God give you pardon and peace, and I absolve you from your sins. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. When I walked out of that confessional, it felt like a giant truck had been lifted off my chest. I can't overstate how relieved I felt. It felt like for the first time in my life, I truly had a clean slate. Because for the first time in my life, I had been honest about my sin. What that experience made me realize was that I had not been honest to God about my sin, I had not been honest to others about my sin, and I had not been honest to myself about my sin. They say confession is good for the soul, and I know there are other Protestants that practice some different forms of confession. I remember attending a retreat, and we had these sessions with an open mic, and everyone was invited to come forward and share something personal, and people did, in a moment of astounding vulnerability. Some shared hidden sins and personal struggles. Many of those testimonies involved tears, and when they were finished sharing, people came up, laid hands on them, and prayed over them. It was one of the most memorable retreats I ever attended. I've heard of stories where churches held revival meetings and had an open mic for people to share. One by one, someone bravely came forward and openly confessed really embarrassing sins, and it turned into this mass confessional that really transformed the church. Confessing your sins to the whole church, whew, that's pretty hardcore. The problem with that is that while sometimes it can be helpful, some people are just not in a place to handle other people's sins and issues. Maybe they're a visitor. Maybe they're too young to hear sins, particularly those of a sexual nature. Maybe they're prone to gossip. As much as confession is necessary in healing, it's probably not the wisest thing to do it in a very public setting. I had a friend in college who, during Spiritual Emphasis Week, took advantage of the open mic to confess to everyone in the chapel that she was really struggling with believing in the existence of God. This was a Christian college, mind you, and the students didn't know how to respond in that public setting, and so she just sheepishly went back to her seat. It was awkward for her and for everyone else people avoided making eye contact when they would pass by her on the sidewalks and hallways. If we go back to that analogy of confession being like a bodily function, there are people not really equipped to handle it like, say, a doctor. And so I think it's really appropriate and wise that the church has not only set aside a regular time and place for confession and reconciliation, but have entrusted that process to trained priests with the premise that if they reveal anything said in the confessional, they will be excommunicated. It's like doctor-patient privilege. The doctor is there to assist the patient with their physical well-being. And for that to work, there has to be this level of honesty from the patient. If the patient holds back an embarrassing detail, well, that could prevent the doctor from providing an important diagnosis. The same is true with confession. We need to come into the confessional and be honest, not just with the priest, but really with ourselves and with God. And that's not likely going to happen if there was a risk that the priest was going to go and tell everyone what we had just told him. I've actually discovered a lot about myself by going to confession. First, it's a layer of accountability. I know that if I sin, I'm going to have to look my pastor in the eye and say, here's what I did. When I was attending a Christian college, I was introduced to this concept of an accountability partner. Basically, you set aside time to tell your partner the sins you committed. Boy, an accountability partner sure does dissuade you from sinning. A priest, in a sense, is an accountability partner. Sometimes when I'm tempted to sin, I think, nope, not going to do it because I know I'm going to have to admit this to my pastor. The real deterrent should be knowing that we're sinning against God, but we're fallen human beings. And sometimes the biggest deterrent is knowing we're going to have to admit our faults to another human being. The second thing I've discovered is my patterns for sinning. I can't speak for others, but for me, I couldn't recognize a cycle of sin because I had nothing regular like confession to break that cycle. In my life, I make the choice of sinning, and then it becomes a snowball effect where I sin more. I quickly become out of control, and then Satan really turns my life into a dark mess. And confession is complete healing for me. It breaks that cycle of sin, and because it creates that clear break in that cycle, I'm beginning to recognize what that sin cycle looks like in my life and the different factors that lead to sinning. Sometimes standing in line for the confessional is a little like standing in line for the bathroom. We see each other standing there, and so there can be the sense of embarrassment. But there's two ways of looking at confession. Shame and embarrassment, or relief and reconciliation. We can stand there and wonder, so-and-so is in line. I wonder what they've done. I wonder if it was as bad a thing as I did. Or we can say, I'm so glad that so-and-so is going to get that toxic sin out of their life and be reconciled with God. What I realized in confession is that the priest is there facilitating my reconciliation process. In episode six, I talked about how God's design for each sacrament is about fostering community. And so just like we don't take the Eucharist alone or baptize ourselves or marry ourselves, we don't have to go through confession alone either. The church community helps us in that process of getting right with God. So confession, my friends, is not a burden, but a gift. Psalm fifty-one, seventeen tells us that God appreciates a broken spirit and never rejects a contrite heart. In other words, when he sees that shame that we feel, he treats us tenderly. It's like those discipline moments with your children where they understand that they messed up and they're broken about it. And those are the times when you don't need to yell at them, but you need to put your arm around them and tell them how much you love them. It becomes truly healing. I'm not sure why people object to the Sacrament of Reconciliation other than misunderstanding and fear. We confess our sins. The priest gives us some advice and some things to do to help us in our conversion to God, like pray the Lord's Prayer. Then we pray and ask God to forgive us and help us not to sin anymore. And then the priest assures us that we are forgiven. I don't know what's there that one could legitimately object to on theological or biblical grounds. We need all of those things. We need to confess our sins. We need spiritual advice. We need to pray and ask for forgiveness. We need people to speak into our lives and say, hey, you need to know that you are forgiven. Frankly, I feel sad that people don't get to experience the sacrament of reconciliation. As a Protestant, I experienced a couple of those things sporadically. Now that I am Catholic, I have access to this whenever I need it. As a parent, I think confession is a real gift, and I have to remind my kids of that because confession isn't fun. What kid wants to tell their pastor all the things they've done wrong? After all, what adult wants to do that? But it creates accountability in their life as well. Some months ago, one of my kids did something pretty egregious, and we had a long talk about it. They were broken up about it and apologized, and I forgave them. And I said, you know, you need to go to confession and reconcile yourself with God. And they did. And I discovered that the confessional was helpful for me as a parent. It was that moment that this particular sin was completely dealt with and flushed down the toilet. While there were still consequences for breaking the rules, I made sure not to throw that sin back in my child's face. It was dealt with by Jesus. And if he can deal with it, then I need to as well. As we pray in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. I've told my children, hey, you don't have to tell me what you confess in the confessional. The most important thing is that you confess it and you get right with God. I've said, if you commit a sin and you need to go to the confession, please tell me and I'll drive you there. You don't need to tell me why you need to go to confession. I just want you to get right with God. But you know, that's a really hard and mature thing for a child to do. So we set aside the beginning of the month as the day we go to confession. And to kill a couple of birds with one stone, that's also the day I put in my calendar to change our furnace filters. It makes for a practical metaphor, get rid of the filth in our lives. I wish everyone had as healing of an experience as I've had in confession. One of the priests I go to after someone finishes confession will say, great, let's give thanks for the opportunity to have our sins washed away. What a wonderful way of reframing confession. However, I have a Catholic friend who as a teenager went to confession, and the priest chastised her for forgetting her Bible. It was so traumatic that she didn't go back to confession until she was in her 30s. Handling people's sins and being merciful in those times of vulnerability is a real gift, and there are some priests, sadly, who lack it. Just because of my traveling, I've gone to confession in various places, and I'm happy to report that I've never had a traumatizing experience. So my hope is that those priests who really should do better are few and far between. If you're considering becoming Catholic, or if it's been a long time since you've gone to confession, my advice is to ask people who they recommend for confession. And once you find someone that really helps you in that confessional, try as much as possible to stick with that person. Sometimes it's impossible. Maybe a priest is filling in for them. Maybe you're traveling somewhere. When you need to go to confession, you need to go to confession. But most importantly, reframe confession in your mind, not as some sort of painful obligation or burden, but rather as a gift. And think about the priest as well. He's dedicated himself to making this a part of his life. He's constantly listening to people share their burdens and struggles. There's likely nothing you can say that he hasn't heard. He's there to help us, to help us be reconciled to God, to the church, and to ourselves. That, my friends, is such a precious gift. Thank you for joining me for Why Catholic. Be sure to subscribe to Why Catholic wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also subscribe to my Substack site and get the next episode and other pertinent information in your email inbox. Go to whycatholic.substack.com slash subscribe to get started. If you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I would greatly appreciate it if you'd leave a review and be so kind as to rate this podcast. That helps others find it as well. Until next time, may God bless you. My name is Justin Hibbard, and this is Why Catholic.